Biden's an idiot. <laughs> Bumbling idiot. I mean, everyone knows it. Maybe high in the polls, not in the IQ department. And how dare, how dare Trump slam a fellow citizen abroad? I don't know if it was as much of a slam as much as it was just an observation. I mean, it's not news, but still, I don't know. Is, is Trump, you think Trump's worried about Biden? You think Trump is worried about Biden? I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I really don't think he is. I think he's excited, but he is talking about him an awful lot. He's talking about him more than any other candidate. So I mean, it might be because Biden, he might be an idiot, but in a field where everyone else is a little bit on the brink of being clinically insane, being an idiot's actually pretty good. So we've got Trump in Japan this weekend having a blast watching sumo wrestlers, and he takes on Biden along with Kim Jong-un takes on Biden. So we'll get into that, but let me quickly tell you about our sponsor, our friends at Freedom Project Academy. Constantly we see stories about these college kids who are growing so soft. I mean, they're demanding safe spaces, they're rioting because they can't handle an opposing viewpoint, and we assume that they have been radicalized in colleges, but it actually starts a lot sooner than that. Right now, there are 50 million kids attending America's public schools, and the left is trying to turn each and every one of them into these woke social justice warriors. Not in college, in grade school. Real-world skills like reading, writing, arithmetic, and American history, they have been replaced with social justice, gender confusion, common core, remember that beauty? Thankfully, you actually have a choice, and that is why Freedom Project Academy was created. Freedom Project Academy is an accredited classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students in kindergarten through high school. It's a place where your kids can learn how to think, not what to think. So go to freedomforschool.com and request your free information packet today. Learn how they've created an online atmosphere at Freedom Project Academy that mimics an actual classroom where students across the country are instructed by live teachers in small classes because we can't afford to surrender another generation to left-wing indoctrination. So request your free packet today, freedomforschool.com. All right, so Trump, he's in Japan, and while he's over there, he tweets about his pal Kim Jong-un. Quote, North Korea fired off some small weapons which disturbed some of my people and others, but not me, and also smiled when he called Swamp Man Joe Biden a low IQ individual and worse. Perhaps that's sending me a signal. Okay, so first, first we gotta do, we'll do the obligatory, I condemn speaking ill of any, any of our great citizens while overseas. I condemn it. Politics is okay here, but it stops at the ocean's edge, right? Okay, you happy? We got that out of the way, okay? Now let's get into it, because you, you know you know they're gonna say, well, you know what? When Obama went to the Philippines and he went to Turkey and went to Ethiopia and slammed Ted Cruz and Ben Carson and whoever else, Republicans were outraged. So you know what? Fine, all right? I am as outraged as I can be that Trump would slam Joe Biden in Japan, especially to Kim Jong-un, okay? All right, you guys happy? You wanna know what the difference was? The difference was that Obama was bitter and nasty and angry and sincere. He offered sincere, substantive criticism of his opponents. Trump's just ribbing his opponent. I mean, it's, it's not done with the same amount of malice. And the reason you know that is because if you look here at the end of his tweet, notice how he said, quote, perhaps that's sending me a signal. 
I mean, that, that went way over their head. That's a collusion joke. It went completely over their heads, or at least they pretended it did. Liberals, I mean, they just don't understand Trump. They don't understand his sense of humor. They don't understand his style. And so when he doubles down, it actually confounds them even more. Does it give you pause at all to be appearing to side with a, a brutal dictator instead of with a fellow American, the former Vice President Joe Biden? Well, Kim Jong-un made a statement that Joe Biden is a low IQ individual. He probably is, based on his record. Uh, I think I agree with him on that. But at the same time, uh, my people think it could have been a violation, as you know. I view it differently. I view it as a man. Perhaps he wants to get attention. And perhaps not. Who knows? It doesn't matter. I mean, that outraged people like Anderson Cooper at CNN. If the president doesn't know, he should take his fingers off the Twitter machine and maybe pick up a briefing book and do something that we all know he rarely does, which is read. <laughs> yeah, the, the Twitter machine. Yeah, guys, if you, like, if you like what I have to say on the show, please be sure to hop on your Twitter machine and let me know in the comments. <laughs> you know, the narrative on the left is Trump is praising a dictator. He is throwing his own citizens under the bus. That's not what's happening. Here's what's happening, all right? Trump conducts diplomacy by building relationships. You know, when you're, when you're Hillary Clinton, you don't have to do this because you're as cold as ice and you don't need to worry about charming people because they're afraid they're gonna end up dead somewhere in the streets if they cross you. That's Hillary's diplomacy. Right. Trump's style, as has been required throughout his business career, is developing actual human relationships with all of these people. So, you know, Kim Jong-un sends him a joke. Joe Biden, low IQ, if you will, inside joke. Trump laughs. Kim Jong-un sends it. It signals to Trump. And what it says is, OK, we're cool, at least for now. And, that, and, and it's a, a relationship thing. And Trump's not obviously foolish enough to think I solved the North Korean crisis for good, but he's working on that relationship. And that is important. Now, it's admittedly a stray from how we've been doing things, and it's, it's risky. But the way we've been doing things in the region hasn't exactly been a smashing success either. And so it's a risk that the American people, they said, we're willing to take this risk when they pulled Trump at the ballot box in 2016. And ultimately, we'll have to see if it's successful. But either way, Biden, getting back to Biden, is clearly on Trump's mind. According to Time, Donald Trump attacked Joe Biden more than other 2020 arrivals. And as of earlier this month, since Biden announced his third run for the presidential nomination on April 25th, Trump has tweeted or retweeted Biden-related messages 62 times. Now, there are some within Biden's camp who thinks this means Biden is getting under Trump's skin. Others think, quote, there is a sense that Trump may perceive Biden as the easiest to defeat, which is why Trump is elevating Biden with a nickname, Sleepy Joe, to prominence only to knock him down. For this camp, they worry that Trump is deploying a tactic he has used before to simply will something into reality. How can you say he'd be the easiest to beat when he's the first in the polls? Oh, that's right. That's right. The polls, the polls. Hillary's going to win those polls. I mean, back at this point in the 2016 cycle, want to know who the projected winner of the Republican primary was? Jeb Bush. Oh, yes, little Jebby. Little Jeb, look, Ma, I'm going to be the next president. You know, well, have a... Now, here's where it gets a little more complicated. All right, because Biden is... I'm going to get trouble for saying this. Biden's actually sane. Might be low IQ, but he's not off the rails like the rest of them, with the exception of a handful who, who don't have a shot, so it's not even worth talking about him. Back in 1975, he spoke out against reparations. He said, I don't feel responsible 
for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation, and I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. I mean, sounds reasonable to me. He also said he's against busing white children to majority black schools and black children to majority white schools in an effort to implement some kind of desegregation on steroids to the point of being harmful. Biden has also supported the 1994 Clinton crime bill. Trump actually went after him for that. Super predator was the term associated with the 1994 crime bill that sleepy Joe Biden was so heavily involved in passing. That was a dark period in American history, but has sleepy Joe apologized? No. The bill, believe it or not, did do a lot to keep people safe. It shows Democrats, they used to be sane. Now, I know, I know, especially as a black conservative, that's a very unpopular thing to say, but Thomas Sowell, all right? Thomas Sowell, a black conservative who was in this game way before any of us were, agrees. Soft on crime policies don't work. They tried them in the 60s. They tried them in the 70s after crime had been declining for three decades and murder rates, they shot up. Citizens' chances of becoming a victim of a major violent crime, they tripled. And where do you see that happening today? Oh yeah, that's right, you see that happening in New York City. Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani was tough on crime when he was the mayor of that city. The city became safer than it's ever been. And now here comes de Blasio, they sign a, a law, a criminal justice reform bill into law, and this year the murder rate up, went up 55%. Joe Biden's tough on crime stance used to be mainstream, but here's the problem. He used to have sane ideas, and perhaps he still does. But what he truly believes doesn't actually matter anymore, because guess what? He is a politician through and through, and he will lie to fit whatever he thinks is wokest. Because now he's out there, remember, he's out there slamming white men. It's got to change. It's got to change. And he's going up there and being right there with the rest of them on abortion and minimum wage and all of the rest of the crazy things. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a guy who had some responsible ideas and might have had some appeal to try to adapt. He's going to take those ideas. He's going to try to adapt to the woke positions. And in the process, he's going to turn off the moderates, but also at the same time, fail to capture the radical left. And that leaves him in no man's land and in an extremely vulnerable position to be defeated by Trump. And that's our main story. Now we go out of the house to the once great continent of Europe. All right, so the Euros, the European Union, they just had their elections and the establishment is losing power by the day. That's next, but first, our sponsor. Do you guys know ExpressVPN? Well, if not, you have come to the right place. Admit it. Cybercrime is something that you think happens to anybody but you. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers, they can't grab your passwords or your credit card details, but you are wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, all right, you may as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard that says, please just come, take all my stuff and ruin my life. So what I did is I decided to take action to protect myself from cyber criminals. I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It runs seamlessly in the background of your device and it only takes one click. And when I'm traveling, if I'm on Amtrak or I'm at the airport, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having my stuff stolen. For less than seven bucks a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash WHB. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash WHB for three months free with a two-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash WHB to learn more. That's expressvpn.com slash WHB. All right, so in Europe, you had a big showing with the populist movements on both the right and the left. I mean, in fact, in fact, the left-right paradigm is becoming less and less useful, and that's true for here in America as well. Now it's more the establishment, right, the elites, versus the populist new guard, i.e. the people. The more nationalist groups gained power, and so did green groups. And, you know, I know it's, I don't know all their names, all right? You know, it's like the EEP and the ALDE and the, and the SND and the DAP. It's like enough, enough with the letters, and there's so many, there's so many letters. I dip in and out of following European politics closely. And I usually start following them again when there are big elections. And you come back and all of the parties are different. Like what happened to the old ones? <laughs> what, what happened to the ones that used to be there? I have to relearn all of it. Oh, it's so unstable. You know, this is how World War II started. Like drowning in a sea of political parties and letters, the DAP and all this. And all of a sudden it's like, what happened? What I miss? I mean, <laughs> complain all you want about our two-party system. At least it's been the same for hundreds of years, and you only have to know two. We make it real easy for you. <laughs> all right. So in the UK, the brand new Brexit party sent a clear message that they were absolutely serious that they won out. Oh, yeah, you know that thing that we voted for where we said bye? Yeah, we didn't forget our keys. We're not coming back. We want to leave. All right. Italy and France, they also sent strong signals to the elites that they are fed up with the EU. One thing the mainstream media and the globalists should learn from this is that nationalism, it's not just like a fad. And the EU may very well be in trouble, all right? As a side note, I really hate the term elites. I mean, what, what, what is elite about these people? Elite, gold medalists at the Olympics are elite. Na Navy SEALs are elite. Elite means best of the best. Is Theresa May really the best of the best? I, I, I feel so bad for her. I, I, and I say that from the bottom of my heart. I feel so bad for her. Like, what a way. What a way to be put away in the history books. I mean, did you see that speech she gave? I was proud to serve as the second, not the first, second. No one remembers number two. Second female prime minister. I mean, no one cares. And then she had to step down because she screwed it up so badly. I will always be proud to have serviced the country that I love. <laughs> what a way to go out. What a way to go out. I felt, I felt so bad. It's always sad to see an old lady cry. Elites. What, what about Angela Merkel? Is she an elite? I mean, how is she, how is she the best of the best? I mean, these socialist globalist doofs in charge they're not elite. They're rich idiots who think they're elite and that since they are rich and powerful, they think they get to decide what is best for everybody else. Guess what? Not anymore. So to quickly catch you up, for those of you who haven't been following UK politics, two years ago, Britain said, peace the F out to the EU, then anti-Brexit incompetent Prime Minister Theresa May, who should have resigned immediately after the opposing party won the Brexit referendum, she spent the next two years dragging her feet and making terrible Brexit deals that couldn't get passed, so they missed their deadline, they missed deadline after deadline after deadline to actually make the Brexit, to actually leave. 
For the last two years, all we've heard is the grumblings from the left-wing media about, oh, Brexit, that was, a, that was a mistake. And it was just a bunch of simpletons and rural people who got tricked into voting against their interests. I mean, does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? If it does, it's because the same sort of things our media said about Trump voters. But about six weeks ago, Nigel Farage formed the Brexit party. Six weeks. I mean, they did it all in six weeks had an astounding victory, got a majority, and now Farage is promising that if they miss the next deadline, October 31st, the Brexit party will campaign in the general election for England. In France, which is, and France is an absolute mess, by the way. In France, I mean, in France, you've got, the, you've got the yellow vests. They're protesting against Macron every weekend, every weekend. They still haven't reported the cause, by the way, of the Notre Dame Cathedral. I mean, did they try checking the security cameras? Did they ever catch the guy who dropped his cigarette butt? In France, the streets, they're run by terrorists. I mean, there could, be a, there could be a jihadist behind every corner. You just never know what you could run into while you're there having your, what do they call it? Your les de à la cook. What, what is that little egg that has like the wa yellow water? It's like not cooked. Like, send it back to the kitchen. My egg's not cooked. They just elected Marine Le Pen and her national rally party as the majority to represent them in the EU. Remember Marine Le Pen? Remember her? She's like the uh, female Donald Trump. She, she lost, but she ran against Macron for prime minister two years ago, and that didn't go so well. So that was a setback, right? That was a setback for the French nationalists. But since then, we've all seen how France just gets worse and worse. So, I mean, if she had won, maybe they wouldn't have had the yellow jackets. What was once, it's, it's, I'm laughing, but it's really sad. I mean, what was once a magnificent center for arts and culture is now essentially a giant ghetto, and the French people are pissed about it. I mean, they have every right to be. I'd be too. So they took their frustrations to the polls and they won 22 seats, which is one more than Macron's party won. And then in Italy, they voted resoundingly for the deputy prime minister, Matteo Salvini, who ran on an anti-immigration platform because you know what? Sound familiar? They're a little sick of the massive amount of illegal immigrants flowing into the country. You got waves and waves and waves of unchecked migrants to Italy. They don't hurt Europe. You want to know who they hurt? They hurt Italians. So the Italians have elected leaders that will actually represent their interests. They won by such a large margin that it actually may trigger what is called a snap election that could install their party into Italy's national government. I, then maybe, well, I don't know, maybe we'll see an Italy exit, an Italy exit, I don't know. I mean, it's possible, right? Now, leftists want to equate a rise in nationalism with the end of democracy. Democracy is coming to an end. Nationalism is sweeping across Europe. Really, what's, what's more democratic? than letting the people decide for themselves how they want to be governed. I mean, what they're doing is just a scare tactic. This is the people saying, you know what? We're done letting our nation suffer for the greater good of the European Union. They're saying the globalist open borders, love fest ideas being implemented by those in charge aren't serving our interests anymore. These election results are a positive step for Europe, no question. You'll definitely hear, you'll hear the hysterical media reporting about the alarming growth of the far right in Europe and saying we need to be cautious here in America to make sure we don't stand for that kind of thing here with our own elections. But you know enough to know that the term far right is essentially meaningless because they call everybody far right. And you know that they are scared because for the first time in a long time, the establishment doesn't have a monopoly on politics. These election results, they're not just a thorn in the side of globalists. They are a nail that is being driven into the globalist coffins by the nationalists. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth 
rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.